106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know you guys aren't privy to all the new. So, uh, you know that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Howe. Greg Pappas on the board and in studio. SP Futures up 11.50. NASDAQ Futures up 14.75 after this, uh, shall we say, uh, disaster yesterday. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say if the market does not go up from here for the rest of the year, you might want to call yesterday as the, uh, what do you think, the top? The uh, You never know I thought yesterday days. went down. That's what I'm saying, the top yesterday The top morning. end, yeah. The turnaround. It, it was a big, uh, boy, if ever it was, looks like a blow-off top. Of course, we've had a bunch of those, and they just go right back up. So, I mean, it's, I'm not calling for that. I'm just saying yesterday was, was we came BTFT. in yesterday morning, was unreal. Uh, and it, matter of fact, uh, I'm going to say uh, Wednesday night when NVIDIA's numbers came out, the uh, futures traded up so dramatically. And, uh, and I, you know, it was just, it was like something you never saw. And then yesterday morning, we were almost up that high, and then, all day long. As a matter of fact, NVIDIA ended up down after we traded five seventeen to close four seventy two. It's a nice, uh, yeah, what, it's eight percent overnight, and then after that, it came down. You know what they used to call that on trading floor? The U turn. Yeah, they did a nice U turn there. Yeah, do we have Mr. Kevin? Good morning. How are you? Doing all right. What could be wrong on a Friday? Yeah, what could be? Plus, it's it's not hundred degrees anymore, which is nice. Yeah, that that well, I haven't been outside this morning, but uh, yeah, it was you know, it's straight. I I I don't I don't know, Greg. Do you wear glasses? Of course. Yes. Okay. What was it like walking outside yesterday? You walk outside from the air conditioning, and all of a sudden, it's totally fogged up. Foggy. Uh, It was. um, They haven't had that happen in a while. Um, It usually happens in the wintertime when you walk in. uh, Yeah. So at any rate, uh, yeah, it was. um, it was a it was a weird couple of days, but uh, and the the Cubs will uh, catch that. You know, uh, they, they, I remember the game coming on last night. So it's a beautiful night for baseball in Pittsburgh. And I said, give it a day. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming your way, man. Well, that's the truth. I, uh, so, were you one of the people that caused the global warming in 1947? I am pretty sure. Um, yeah, there's a good chance that I was involved. I wasn't born yet, but. Uh, uh, but still, you know, I, I just given my ethnicity, I'm probably to blame. How do you know you're not? You weren't here. You might, we might have been uh, reincarnated. 
Well, I could have been, and you know, I could have been uh, reincarnated from being a cow, and we all know that cow farts are a big contributor oh, yeah, to yeah. global warming. So, um, so yeah, you, it's it's very possible. What makes you think it's, you weren't like an alligator or a snake or something? Um, I've been called a snake before. I was saying, you know, how do you know where you were reincarnated from? Better than lurker. A lurker, yeah. A lurker, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned a great. He was a great lurker. He's very, he's very insulted. Well. Don't be insulted. Yeah, just you know, be be good at something. Yeah, be good yeah at embrace it. Yeah, Lurker, I'm just a creeper. Yeah, embra- in the embrace the suck, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, all kinds of stuff uh, going on? Hey, we've already named the show for today, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> embrace the suck. Yeah, the, uh, yeah so I mean, it, yesterday was a was a real tough one. The bite of dippers got whacked pretty good because um, a lot of people were buying stuff all the way down, thinking we we're going to turn, and we we never did. I mean, it was a we ran it right into the hole last night, and I haven't—I have not seen that, you know, the the top of the day and the opening and the and the bottom of the day and the close in like a real long time. And that's a, uh, you know, nobody even—you don't see guys naming these things in it that way before. But if if we turn to some sort of a a repricing here, and yesterday might might be the day. Then again, next week it might all be forgotten because we've seen might that. all be uh, yeah. back to where it was. Well, you you know you, you know the Fed is going to come out and say something that you know they'll, they'll help out or do something here. And I, I'm just really I don't know. Powell's track record is he speaks and everything gets screwed up. Well, that's that, that that's the truth. But now they're you are, I think you are correct there, Kevin. Okay? You know it, it is. I don't understand how the 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 real and intelligent people I think they're around. And I mean, I, again, I always criticize, but I always say they're intelligent. And then I criticize, which is kind of weird, but. I mean, I, this morning there's a big thing about Kramer. Yeah. You know, when it, just just yeah. put the words with all due respect. Yeah, with yeah, all due respect. <laughs> you know, I mean, here's you know, like like the Godfather with all due respect. The uh, you know, and he's talking about how is, is Jay Paul going to continue to try and torpedo the economy? I I, I really wish Kevin, and I wish I had the uh, ability of uh, you know, one of the professors on the show to have the you know the computers and stuff at my disposal. I would really like to see. Because no, nothing in our lifetime, or any except for maybe, you know, some weirdo country, uh, other like like Turkey or someplace, nobody has really done in, in an economy like ours has poured the money in that they did, and then tried to figure out what it did everywhere to try and figure out whether you're going forward or backward. Because the difference between the nominal and the real is so hard to figure out. I mean, I I keep warning that the that the that the, that the nominal that they're talking about. Is not it's never been real for ten or fifteen years. Now I think I can sort of prove that uh, if I had you know if I had the uh, uh, computer power and the people. But it's it's the idea that some every one of these firms that's doing well has talked about raising prices, and all that does is is take away from the person who's their customer. Yeah, it, um, it's really I think weird. Walmart, Walmart might have seen some volume increases, but I think that's about the only one. They were like the only one, and and. And they're not necessarily, that's not necessarily a, uh, a good thing for the economy when Walmart is seeing volume increases because it just may be that people are doing price shifting to get as low a price as they can possibly get because they can't afford any of the other stores anymore. I think some of their, uh, I'm not somebody who likes to congratulate Walmart all that much, but I think their growth in, in, in stuff, in real stuff, in widgets, came from kind of doing very much better online, Kevin. Well, I've been telling you for years. Walmart's making, trying to make a run at Amazon. Yeah, no, and, I mean, I, and and they are. I don't think I don't think it's quite as easy. I, you know, I, I, 
have shopped online with Walmart. I don't think it's quite as easy uh, of a model of a you know website model as uh, Amazon has, but it's not bad. So it, you know, give you an example. Um, uh, uh, I ordered I ordered a refrigerator because I knew mine was uh, seeing its uh, uh, was on its last legs, and it, it was a month to delivery time on the refrigerator. Uh, and this was a, well, a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago now. So I think I'm a couple of weeks away. And um, uh, so uh, in the meantime, my refrigerator conked out. So well, I got to have something cooler. And I wanna, cooler. And I want to. And I, well, I've been using the cooler, but I want. I, uh, um, I also didn't have a mini fridge out on the porch, so I did order one of those from Walmart, and it was here the next day. Well, you can also. When so, I, gone, so I so I have a mini fridge to keep us you know to keep things enough stuff and I just wind up going to the store a lot, but the the point being that it, that was easy with Walmart. It was easy. It was well priced. It was uh, you know it was a pretty good deal. Well, the last few times I don't order that much stuff online, but I needed some. Uh, actually, I went and picked them up because I was looking for some, my headlight went out, so I was looking for some. This is a year or so ago, and I went online and I, I said Walmart and uh, who are the other guys? Manny Mo and Jack, the Pep Boys. Uh, they were all cheaper than Amazon, and I just went to Walmart and picked them up. Yeah, um, yeah, and and what's you know long term? What has been the big complaint about Walmart? Well, I, you know, I, I don't go to that it, much. So it's, lo- no, long term, it's the shopping experience that you go into their stores. It's not a great place to shop. No, I mean no. they 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 the you know they have something in your way in just about every aisle. It's, you yeah. know, um, so uh, you know, unless uh, I, I, uh, I I used to. Uh, uh, I, I used to go in there for uh, prescriptions uh, once upon a time, and uh, you know, if, if all you were doing was walking in, uh, making a left, and going to the uh, uh, pharmacy counter, then that was fine. But I don't do I don't even do that anymore. I actually did uh, when I got my headlights. Uh, it was to pick the stuff up, though. It was it was classic uh, Mirage. You know, I'll know where that comes from. I'll explain where that comes from. It was classic Mirage in Vegas, though. You had to come in this way, and then there was a big sign that said online pickup, and then you got there, it was a big sign that said online pickup. So I essentially had to walk the entire, walk around the entire <laughs> store before I finally made it to the spot, instead of just saying it's right here, here, over here. Throw something in this slot machine yeah. while you're walking oh, yeah. past it. Well, the, the uh, way back, this is a long time ago, when most most Vegas places, I get off on these rants, I don't know, but most Vegas places, if you started going in the 70s like I did, my buddies dragged me out there. Uh, he, uh, if you went to a show, you could pretty much get the tickets anywhere. But most of the the places, be it Caesars, be it you know the Flamingo, whatever it was, they were built kind of small, and then every few years as the business picked up, they added on. So you, you know, the original Caesars was you know a fifth of the size of the current Caesars, didn't have any of the shopping or any of that stuff. But they, they, all, they all got bigger as they went. The Stardust didn't have the tower. I mean, whatever. These places are all gone now. The Stardust. But now the Mirage, with Steve Wynn, he decided he was going to build a place, like, from scratch. And it was the most amazing thing of construction I've ever seen. I'm sitting out there, and, you know, you see how people construct stuff in Chicago. So there was a uh, health club behind the Circus Circus back when I was a pretty good handball player. And they, they had a lot of guys there that played handball. So you could always go get a game in the morning. Not to mention all the showgirls that were working out, so it was pretty good scenery. Not that I would ever think of looking at something like that, but but I'd, I'd get a handball game, do some stuff. They had a basketball court, you get a basketball. I mean, it was really a great place. 
But I went sort of Caesar's parking lot right next to the Mirage. Kevin and Greg, the cars, the construction worker people, the cars looked like a parking lot at a train station with nothing but cars. So, you know, our, our buddy uh, Jim Doherty, and he knows people out there. I said, I said Dak, wh- what's going on with the thing out there? And he goes, this, he goes, this guy, Steve Wynn, is gonna be, is gonna, thinks he's going to lose his eyesight, and he wants his place done before he does. They were putting, uh, a, they were putting a floor on a week. They were, they were const- I mean, uh, wow. which is which is unheard of. So they fil- they finished the place, and all the other places, like you got you got show tickets. Now these guys grabbed Siegfried and Roy from the Lido. I saw those guys in the Lido, which was a uh, you know like a burlesque thing at the Stardust, but between acts, those guys, every you saw every trick that they did in the real show, you know the elephant disappearing and all the other stuff. So they they booked those guys. So we're downtown for a seminar. We were actually given an option seminar, and the bartender because he had he he had worked in human resources at the Mirage, um, uh, hiring people. So he says the Mirage, when when the people in Vegas found out that their nut was a million dollars a day with all the people who were going to work there, they were like shocked. It's one thing to grow into that. It's quite another on day one to have to make a million dollars to break even. But they did, and then Siegfried and Roy, in, or, in order to get tickets to Siegfried and Roy, because they had the big thing where the Tigers were and everything, uh, you had to go, th- it was in the exact center of the casino. So you had to park, you had to walk all the way through the stuff, and they calculated the average person, after buying their tickets, spent $57 on something, either a game, either stopped at the bar, stopped for breakfast, did something. The average person, by having the thing in the middle of the, of the spot there, so I'm sure the Walmart people, by making you walk around the place, at, abs- at absolute numbers on how much more a person would come in and uh, to spend in the place other than the thing they were just there to pick up. I bet well, they- I mean, it is standard retailing stuff anyway. Yeah. That you know, the location of everything in the store is planned in any grocery store or any you know any um, uh, kind of you know general purpose store even um, it, it is a pretty standard retailing thing with a lot of psychology behind it and uh, you know it's it's not just um, you know what they make you walk past but it's also you know what's at eye level in the store what's uh, you know what what is uh, you know on the lower shelves and the higher shelves. so if you know if it's something that where people are going to you know, tend to have a willingness to shop, then you're going to see the thing stocked where it's, you know, not in, it, it, it's not something that's going to strike you as you walk by it. You're going to go into a certain aisle and you're going to say, well, let me see what's on the lower shelf, what's on the top shelf. But boy, anything that's an impulse is going to be right at eye level for the average sized person where you're going to see it and you can't miss it. Well, then the retailers, when I say the retailers, people are now, one of the, one of the, I'll say the geniuses of something about a Walmart, but actually, but it, it destroys, is a big term, destroys other businesses because they want they don't want to stock their own shelves as as little as they can. So the so the liquor aisle, the beer aisle, the bread aisle, all that stuff is stocked by the companies themselves that come in there, and and that's why you find out that it's very difficult to have a uh, a small brewery, a small winery, because you even if they give you a hunk of shelf. You can't have Greg Pappas show up and put like 15 bottles of wine on the shelf because that's his spot. You can't because there's no way that that's you, you you're gonna have to have an agreement with somebody who's showing up to stock, stack the rest of the aisle to to do your stuff too. So it's very difficult to make a profit. But they actually sell the end of the aisle spots. I didn't know that. I thought that they did it like for lost leaders, but they don't. If you want your wine at the end of the of the wine aisle, you got to pay for that. 
which is you know, I'm 50 years ago. I don't know if people would have thought of that necessarily, but it, but it is it is it's fascinating. I, well, they they also they squeeze the hell out of their suppliers. Yeah. So uh, you know you you, um, uh, you you may think you're getting a big contract out of Walmart. Uh, only to find out you're not making any money on it, yep. <laughs> and you're stuck in the contract for several years. And you actually have less uh, less selection of brands than you do anywhere else, I think. It's like shave cream. If you don't if you don't toe the line, you'll never see Nexema in there. You never see. But I, yeah, I well, mean, they they have their own brands, and they don't yeah. want to overly compete with their own brands. Either. Well, that's what I. That's the one thing about Walmart that I, I have a real problem with. I think their house brands really suck. Compared to Myers or compared to uh, Costco, what, what is what is their brand name? What do they uh, put on there? I'm not even sure, but I mean, I bought like pork sausages. So, I mean, I'm kind of a shopper because I still we still cook in the office because there's no place here to have breakfast yeah. or anything. But uh, and, and I, I I don't even know what the brand name is. Walmart I mean, is great value. Yeah, that's right. Oh, great okay, value, great right. value. And uh, but I'd be a I'd be a, if I just took everything online, Kevin. I, I'm guessing I would spend. Forty percent less than I do in the store. I'm an absolute sucker for something I never saw before, and I'll try it. You know, I mean, if I just sat home and work and, and just ordered exactly what I needed or we needed for the office, I'd buy I'd buy half as much stuff. So you're one of those people who should always make a list before. Well, you oh, without a doubt, the store. without a doubt. You know, if I'll see something on sale, hey, it looks pretty good. I'll try it. I mean, I, there's always double in my cart that I want to get. Always. And, and online, I don't think I'd do that. Maybe once in a while I'd see something. But uh, the Irish are in, in Dublin this weekend. How come you're not yes, going? Yes, they are. How, come, uh, how come I'm not going? I have class on Saturday morning, although it is uh, it is via Zoom, so I probably could do it from Ireland. You said we have Mike Murphy? We do? Yes, you do, Tom. How are you? Good morning, Mike. I was, uh, Good morning, Kevin. I wanted uh, Mike to come in and talk, because you were just in uh, Germany. Were you three weeks, Mike, or two? Just a little over two in Germany and Switzerland. Spent actually about as much time in Switzerland as we did in Germany. Well, I was hoping you'd come on and kind of give us that report, and then I wanted to dig a little bit more into where uh, college sports are going, along with people worried about the costs of college. And it, it seems like uh, we're in a million different directions, and nobody knows where we're going. And I just was uh, going to propose. Yeah, but we're, we don't know where we're going, Tom. But we're getting there fast. Yeah, we're on our way. We're on our way. The I just want to. If you start talking about a, a, an economic model for colleges and you start worrying about education, I mean, we'll do this after the break, but I'll just lob this one out to you guys. I don't see any, any, any place for any of these sports. Of, any, of anything, you know, and, and screw the federal government that if you give a scholarship to somebody in a revenue sport, you've got to give a scholarship to somebody in another sport. Screw that. I mean, if you're actually, uh, well, I'll, I'll do it now. I'm saying it looks like we're going to end up with essentially a professional football league, a professional basketball league, maybe a professional women's basketball league, and then all this other stuff that sort of makes no sense economically. I mean, the idea that uh, you know Mike Murphy shows up at Notre Dame or Virginia or someplace, and his tab is fifty grand because we're given freebies, and by the way, uh, fly him around the country to the girls' fencing team or the guys' wrestling team, I'm saying screw that. Why, why would I ever want to do that? It's, it's not making the school any money. It's a loss leader, and I'm paying for it. If somebody wants to wrestle, go wrestle. Go AAU, go someplace. If you want to be a women's fencing team, go to the local Y. What, what that is, why anybody here should be paying for you to do that? I'm saying once you get harsh on you know, the- You know what it is, though? It's justification for an employment model for the sports that are profitable. But we're getting away from that. I, I understand that, 
but what but what I'm telling you is well it, when they become direct employees yes it will no longer apply but as long as they have this student athlete model then they have to say it's no you know they, they're football players they're participating in an extracurricular activity just like the fencing team is just like the rowing team is just like the tennis team is and so really what all all what all you're doing is you're saying the payroll for football includes all those other sports which the the, the shadow payroll for football includes all those other sports the Economics in the end always trumps, and if you're going to go with this with this income model on football, nowhere in football does it say you got to pay the women's fencing team. No, I mean if that's what you're going to do, if you're going to have a sponsored, if it's uh, an extracurricular activity, you have to make comparable uh, by by law. You are required to make comparable um, opportunities available for women. That's what's behind it. Mike, well, you were in, you were in uh, Germany. Plus, I want the German report. What everybody thinks about Ukraine and the economy over there. But when you were gone, there was a survey last week. I was driving around, and about six. You know, I'm, the numbers I'm fading on, but it was sixty-seven percent of the people think that college athletes should get paid by the school. Sixty-five percent thinks they should be uh, employees and not students. And with the other, was another fifty, sixty percent said something else uh, that there should be workman's camp or whatever the hell it was. And I'm thinking, if, once you do that, if, if you go down this road and you look at this at being what's worth it and what isn't, five years from now, we're not going to recognize this. Now, maybe maybe it would be better. Maybe everything is just a club sport like it is in Germany, right, Mike? But I'll, I'll, and, and, and from what I understand, in Germany, there's no such thing as a scholarship. You, can, you come, you play. If you want to play soccer, you go for a professional team. You don't, you don't, the schools have no part of that, right, Mike? That's correct, Tom. They you have clubs in all the towns, and then they have their own youth club, and then they develop their own team. What about other sports that they play, like basketball and volleyball and stuff? Is it? I think basketball is the same model. I don't know about volleyball. It, we we used to have some uh, GIs that played basketball there, and they obviously had to be pretty good. And but it was a club sport. In that respect, also, but all the other how, stuff. How how uh, how do fans respond to the club sports? Do they uh, because it's basically it's like minor league baseball as an example. Um, it is is the way I understand it. Is that a reasonable um, uh, connection, Mike? Yes, Kevin. Because uh, well, look, uh, FC Bayern is uh, the predominant one of the predominant teams in Munich, and you know if. Probably, if you're an FC Bayern fan, you're a fan for life because you you've probably been following them since you were a kid. You may have had friends that tried out for the team and were in their developmental leagues, and that's that's the way you went. It, it's it's essentially, you know, club sports. But then those club sports become pro teams later on in their uh, life. Do people then follow the club sports, and do they get a fair amount of attendance, or is it, um, well, the, it or is it more like the typical minor league baseball team where you know you might get you know a uh, thousand or fifteen hundred out to a game? I I think in the developmental leagues they it's probably like a minor league team, but the the big teams you know the in the Bundesliga they get plenty of attendance. I mean there there's I'm not sure how many teams are in the league. But you know they have the deal where it's up or out. You know if you're if you're building your program, 
and you finish in I think the top two or three, then you get uh, elevated to the next league, and then you can work your way up to the Bundesliga actually. And there's this a guy uh, in the town was Hoffenheim, and he essentially bought the team, and then he built them up, and now they're in the Bundesliga. But these are these are professional. They're they're not affiliated with the university at all. They're just regular teams. Oh no, they're not affiliated with any university. That's correct. So this is a this is a U.S. model here. Some, somehow, this yeah, is- it, it is a U.S. model, Tom. And and here's the thing. And the reason I'm asking and kind of where I'm going with the questions is when you when you look at minor league baseball in the United States, there are some minor league franchises that are more successful than others and get better attendance than others. But by and large, their attendance does it. It doesn't even come close to resembling what we get for major league sports now if you turn around and you look at college sports as a minor league now we can fill a stadium with 80,000 people or 100,000 not everywhere but a lot of stadiums with 80 to 100,000 and and even the uh in the major conferences um you know there there are teams where they don't get great attendance but they're still getting 30 35 40 well, you would never see that for if if you went around and said let's let's reorganize minor uh, the uh, the football infrastructure to look more to make the NFL feeding system look more like ba- baseball's feeding system, then you wouldn't have that same tie that people you know associate with a college. Well, you started and with forty thousand so students. So, so, what, so what I'm yeah, but what I'm saying is, you know, the revenue model is for college is what is driving all of this is that they have this incredible way of getting tens of thousands of people out there in some cases hundred thousand people out there every week for minor league football essentially but Ohio State you're starting with 50,000 students oh yeah you're, so you have you have a large student body, uh, you have a lot of alumni who uh, you know uh, who have a tie, and then you have a lot of people who say it's my home state university, yeah, oh yeah. and and they and they you know they're, they're fans for those reasons. So what I'm saying is I don't know how it's going to shake out. I don't know exactly what the model's going to look like, but I have a hard time believing they're going to let go of having it tied to college because. Um, uh, because college, uh, you know, is is inherent in the reason they get so damn, uh, darn much revenue. Well, I, we have to go to break. I agree with you. It just if it becomes, I'm saying all this ancillary stuff, the idea that well, we we pay for this because I'm trying to get down to the the nitty gritty is uh, as, as usual. My my theme always is I like to get people educated. I like an educated population. I want to do it in the most efficient way possible. Is is the athletic part helping or hurting? You know, I don't know. That's what we're, we're trying to determine. SB Futures up nine. Nasdaq purchase up three. Be right back. Stacks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. 
Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands. But you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Yeah, let's cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. Greg Pappas in studio and on the board. SP futures up eight fifteen. NASDAQ futures down a buck fifty now. So we're we're uh, we're leaking here a little bit. Uh, Dow's still up. Nothing nothing's up crazy in the Dow. We've got Chevron Texaco up a buck four because oil prices are up a little bit, which we'll talk about in a second. We got Merck up eighty one cents. We've had kind of a resurgence in the healthcare a little bit uh, lately, which hadn't been doing well all year, but lately it's been doing a little bit better. We've got Visa up eighty eight cents. So everything is kind of green in the Dow. There's not very much uh, over in Asia. We've got the Nikkei down six sixty four. Ouch, two percent. Uh, Nikkei tumbles 2% as Asian markets fall ahead of Powell's Jackson Hole speech. Not so sure that has anything to do with anything, but that's something you have to put in there. I guess you always have to have a reason. Hang Seng down 92.5%. Shanghai down a dime on uh, 3,082. Still above 3,000, but wobbling. Over in Europe, we've got the uh, DAX up 78. The FTSE up 33. Kek around up 52. So they're all positive, maybe half a percent or so. Uh, the bonds. 10-year up 2 basis points, 4.25. The Bund up four basis points, 2.56. Japan up one basis point, 0.66. Uh, oil uh, up a dollar three, back up over 80, 80 dollars and eight and eight cents. Uh, Brent up a dollar three, 84.39. Natural gas unchanged, 2.52. Our Bob up a penny, 2.79. We've got gold down two bucks, 19.45. But back at least in the middle of the 1900s, it was looking to slip out of the 1900s, but now back in the middle. Silver up a penny, 24.24. Copper up two cents, 3.79. We've got Bitcoin, which has been having some trouble. It's uh, up 60 bucks, 26,099. And the U.S. dollar, which has been strengthening, today is pretty much flat. With the euro at 108, it had been at 109. And the British pound at 126, it had been at 127 for a while. So just a little bit stronger on the dollar. Uh, what do you have for us traffic weather sports? we got the Cubs winning in extra innings in Pittsburgh. In 10. Morning, everyone. 6.36 a.m. here in Chicago. Cooler with some sun today got a high of 78 but feels about 85 with the humidity sunny today in phoenix 88 right now about 109 uh, later today poor air quality though there so um that is an aqi of 68 which is poor so all the sensitive so you're supposed to hold your breath all uh, all the sensitive groups should probably wear a mask 
uh, traffic. We've got Kennedy, Montrose to interchange 18 minutes. Eden, Lake Cook to the interchange 31 minutes. Ike, Wolf to the interchange 22 minutes. Dan Ryan, the locals, 95th to the interchange 17 minutes. Stevenson, 294 to Dan Ryan is 21 minutes. And the Bishop Ford, I-90 to the interchange is 26 minutes. Sports, we got golf. And the first round in Atlanta is complete. Morikawa, Hovland, and Bradley lead the Tour Championship 10 under. And then Cubs beat the Pirates in 10. That was in Pittsburgh. White Sox lost to the Athletics 5-8 uh, here at home. And the Diamondbacks beat the Reds 3-2. to two. Diamondbacks been hot. Yeah. So I got Chief. The, uh, you. Michael, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to take apart uh, some of this inflation stuff. Okay, and when I say the inflation stuff, the idea that when the, the three of us, us three, were at Notre Dame, if tree. You, us three, if you put our our senior year tuition in, in room and board, uh, in the CPI indicator, which of course is hieroglyphics, uh, our tuition in room and board would be somewhere in the twenty thousand dollar range. Yet it's seventy, seventy five. So, and yet, and we have some people, you know, a lot on the show say, well, it's it's too expensive now to do for people to go there and get regular education for essentially over a quarter million bucks when you can do other stuff and learn how to you know, have a, a trade or do something and you don't have to go and do that. And I've always been really high on education for the, for, I don't want a dumb population. I want people to be educated, but I want them to do it at a regular price. So I'm trying to get to here, even though it's never obvious what my themes are, the new model that we're racing towards with this, with this very uh, professionalist football team with people getting paid by somebody, which you know, with huge ticket prices, with coaches making more than in the pros. I mean, some something you would never have dreamed of 30 years ago, but now it's there. Where do all the rest of this stuff come in there? Because if, if we were going to go buy the three, the three of us, we'll take Greg with because he's a hard worker. Yes. If we're going to buy, I'll know, be the driver. Yeah. If we're going to buy, you know, Tilden Tech because there's nobody there, and decide to make a liberal arts college in Chicago. And we're going to hire the, the professors that we have on the show, which would give us a pretty damn good head start. And we're going to have an, a, a, a place Yeah, but it wouldn't be a liberal arts college. <laughs> no, it would be something. <laughs> it would be, be a business school. But, well, but we'd, we'd, well, we'd bring Eric. We yeah, bring, you, you can bring Eric on board, but if, if, you, if you have me and you have uh, uh, Russell and you have Hal, then we are doing uh, business and economics. Mike can teach German. Okay. We, okay. we could spread it around. We wouldn't have to hire just us. I mean, we could could expand it just a little. Anyway, so I'm saying, w- what could we provide a real solid education for? Uh, paying people, the professors, you know, what they're getting paid other places. Could we get down to this twenty five thousand dollar number, uh, or twenty eight or thirty? I don't know if we can make it to twenty, but if we can get somewhat reasonable, where somebody can come here and and do their stuff, and maybe they wouldn't have to do it in four years. They could do it a little at a time, like Kevin's model at his place. I mean, can, can we get education down to a real number? And if we do, where does, where does some girl showing up say, saying she has a good fence or she wants a free ride, where does that fit into the system? I don't think it fits at all. Do you? Uh, you know, Tom, I, I really would struggle – I guess with using an adjunct professor model, we could get the cost to relatively reasonable since some of these online schools seem to be doing that. Yep. But uh, 
you know, but I mean, I don't think any online schools have any athletic programs. So I guess athletics really wouldn't uh, play a uh, pay or, or <laughs> you could hire play coach. a role at all. And and your local community colleges seem to have a a a relatively successful model, although I think some of them struggle. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, what 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 are we doing here at seventy five grand a year? I mean, it is. I mean, the thing that Cap, you were in, in Europe, Mike, but uh, Kevin sigged me into this. We were, we were arguing about whether being in, in like the uh, Big Ten for for Nebraska and all these other teams or in uh, Northwestern, and, and Kevin, of course, takes the, the the angle which I didn't know about because I always learned something from him, even though even he's here and I'm floating his head. Uh, I didn't realize that there was you know all the stuff about the academics, but just in terms of athletics, oh look at the money, look at the money. It's thirty five million more in this TV contract. Mike, in my experience, the athletic department's going to eat up that money. It's never going to go anywhere else. It's going to go to coaches' salaries. It's going to go to this. And, and, if, and why are we paying the girls' fencing team or the guys' wrestling team? Who gives a crap? I mean, in terms of economics, right? I mean, why do, they, why do they go to school for free? They provide no revenue. They provide nothing. And, and by the way, they suck the place dry by airfare and everything else. I mean, that, that's the truth, right? Well, well I mean, Notre Dame has a tradition of great fencing, so... You know, and you know, and they've provided some Olympic fencers, so they'd be hard put to do away with that program. That's Notre Dame, but uh, isn't the NCAA know, a dictatorship? Uh, in, in some sports, <clears throat> not really in football. As a matter of fact, they're they're the part that goes over the fence last in football, aren't they, Kevin? Well, I mean, in terms of conferences, they're way more powerful now, aren't they, in football? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so here's here's the thing. There's a lot of different arguments you can make. So first of all, the the question is: Is the athletic department self-sustaining, um, and uh, or or is it in any way a drain on the school? I think that's going to vary from school to school. Um, the second part is: Is there a student life benefit um, that makes it a more attractive place to go to keep your enrollment up or any of that? I don't know. There will be arguments about it. Some of them will be good arguments, and some of them will be specious. Um, but I also, uh, you know, I want to mention. Let, let me tell you what our funding, uh, what our the cost of going to Ivy Tech is. Now, remember, everybody's a commuter, so they're, you know, they're on their own for uh, for their living expenses. But we charge one hundred and seventy dollars a credit hour, um, and that's uh, so that works out to, um, you know, twenty five hundred and fifty dollars a semester. Uh, fifty one hundred dollars for the year uh, just just for tuition but it's all inclusive a it's all inclusive you're not paying for books you're not you know you you may have some consumables that you have to buy um, but but otherwise uh, it, that 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 pretty much covers everything um, you know course fees uh, things like uh, you know if you're if you're, there's certifications involved and there's content for that that it, that'll be included um, so it's it's a really good bargain to you know to get the first two years of your college out of the way um, and 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 I will tell you um, the quality of the instruction is is no less than anything you're going to get at you know here in Indiana at Indiana or Purdue um, so uh, so we have that we have a number I, I think it's something like 80s uh, now I also want to throw in 
we also have state funding for that. So if you're going to open a private school, I don't, you know, I don't know if the state's matching the funds. I don't know exactly how, you know, what number we'd get, but we might be looking more like ten thousand for tuition right, or something right. like that, using the same model. Um, we also have something like eighty-seven percent of our students leaves leave with when they graduate with no debt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The model would be totally different. I mean, I, yeah, because this thing—it's almost like what we used to call it when we were kids. It's a piggy move up. Where, where, okay, you got this football team. You think you're making money, or you got to have one anyway, whether you're making money or not. So then, all of a sudden, the federal government comes in and says, "Okay, if you're going to do that, you got to have as many girls on scholarships as guys." All right. Well, then, now we start to walk this thing up. And somewhere, by, by the way, that that applies outside of athletics too. All all kinds of other activities. So I get it. I get it. But I'm saying, just make sure we're we're clear. But all of a sudden, we're UCLA because you have a football team, you have to fly the girls' gymnastics team on, on, a, on a private jet to Rutgers for a meet. Yeah, they hey, fly commercial. Well, okay, I'm sure but I'm saying, but, commercial. I said, but either way, screw that. Well, that has nothing to do. I'm not saying that I don't like the idea that people get to participate in this stuff. And in a terrific world, all this would be free for everybody. But economically, what's the point? If we're if, if our goal is educate. But anyway, what Kevin did to me, the I, point I, is that's the cost of being flying flying your um, uh, you know women's soccer team to Rutgers or somebody like that. The, the, that's the cost of being in the football business. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it, you it, have to look at it that way because there's no other economic justification for it. Okay. And so it's the cost of being in the football business, and uh, and, and not paying and and having an employment model for your uh, for your athletes that is dirt cheap because even now they'll they'll show an economic statement or, or or an income statement that uh that shows the fully loaded cost of tuition room and board for each of their athletes but the marginal cost of it is trivial it you know they're they're not they're not kicking other people out of school so that uh, uh so that 85 football players can go to classes that it, that's not happening and in many cases their dorms aren't uh, aren't full either so you know the the cost of having uh, some uh, some football players in the dorms is it, again it's just marginal cost. It's not zero, but it's it's not you know it's not a fully loaded cost. Well, I'm just as as every place. I mean, if the stock market, which is probably the only stool holding the economy up really here, um, if the stock market were to take a tumble, which I hope doesn't happen, I'm not predicting, or if we go into some kind of recession, which I think we're already there, and where people start losing some hours. Um, you got you have to, and you have governments that are up to their eyeballs in debt. Somewhere along the line, you have to look and say, okay, what am I buying, and how, how do I buy it cheaper and get the same stuff? You, you talk about it all the time, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and this this whole this whole college model. If I mean, it, we talk about student debt. You know, we talked about it when you were gone, Mike. But the bottom line is, the reason why there's so much friggin' student debt is the cost of college is too high. I mean, am I right or wrong? <laughs> yeah, but 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 the the uh, again, I, it sounds like I'm trying to justify uh, the the current model, and I'm not. I think it's a very cynical model um, that takes advantage uh, of the athletes and uh, uh, and and is just a, a load of crap for uh, when it gets right down to it. Um, but I also don't think it's the driver of high tuition in any uh, significant way. I think it's it's pretty classic as to what's driving the high, uh, the tuition. What happens when you have, you know, more dollars facing 
chasing uh, a finite amount of service. Well, this is all all of the government funding, government programs, all of that kind of stuff is what's driving it up because you know, as long as it's there, you know, why do we charge that much? Because we can, and uh, and the federal government's going to pay half of it anyway with financial aid uh, packages well, for people. If you were to look at every school's different because everybody's got certainly a different nominal cost, and, and as you just mentioned, Kevin, certainly a, a different uh, cost cost in terms of you know what it actually costs to put somebody through the place. If you were to even look at a uh, high high pro- high profile program like Notre Dame. And let's say the tuition is, is worth 70 That's the nominal. Well, you're right. It's not really that, you know, to them. But if you and I went to buy it, it's 70 right, or 75 mm-hmm. Out of all the people that are on scholarship, now not everybody's on a full ride, right? Some of the hockey players are on a half ride, and the baseball players are on a quarter ride. So right. it gets more baseball gets like 12 scholarships yeah, to a portion. Yeah, and they split them so. up, you know. But at the end of the day, how many people do you think are underpaid at seventy grand? out of all the people on scholarship? I'm going to say most of them are overpaid. No, for for many of them, it is a really good deal. Yeah, you get you get free college, and uh, uh, and and the economic value you generate is it may be break even, it may be slightly better than break even, it may be less than break even, um, but uh, but then when you start talking about some of the star players. Um, then you're saying, okay, the, uh, they generate a lot more economic value than. Uh, so how many guys uh, you think? Then, then they're paid from the school. How many? How many people? Love Mike's opinion on this too. Would you say are worth more than the seventy? I'm going to say thirty. I don't know. That might be a good number. Maybe forty percent, Tom, or thirty. No, just people. thirty people. Yeah, and you know what coach is worth you know the millions of dollars that they're uh, they're being paid. That uh, you know at least for an educational value, I don't see that either. You know, I don't see many of these coaches being leaders of men or women, although well, or, some mold, or molders of men. Yeah. yeah. Well, and even simple stuff yeah. like was, was was Brian Kelly the influence you want for your uh, your oh, kids yeah. or, or Charlie Weiss. Uh, or Charlie Wise, yeah. and and yet there are there there are coaches out there where I would absolutely say that guy's going to be a very positive influence on my kid. Well, the guy from Butler basketball for sure. It's now the Celtics guy. I thought he was terrific. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you're you're probably right. So I mean, it, but I mean, some most of the guys. I mean, basically, your top five football recruits or top ten, the guys that are going to go to the pros, they're going to be worth couple hundred grand probably right or at least maybe mm-hmm. you're two or three basketball stars then it's it falls off pretty quick doesn't it yes i would agree with that tom so i mean i guess from the economic model this this is my my theme which of course we're an hour into it and i don't even know what my theme is is <laughs> you, you, you sort of have to be mike you've been in many economic classes with me you got to be careful if all of a sudden you decide we're going to do this on strictly economic and business terms because once you do, it's not going to look anything like what it does now. You're not going to have some people paying for other people in the department. And it, it's, if you're going to go just this person's worth this and that's what I'm paying them, it's a whole different deal, don't you think? Yes, it is. But, you know, you keep, you keep bringing up the economic model. You know, a university, uh, and this is probably, and it's with the federal government also, you know what do we we have way too much overhead in most of our institutions and why is that because the money is there 
and they, you know, as you said, that we're we keep chasing the money. So, you know, do we need you know all these developmental uh, uh, funds or developmental people at at Notre Dame or at Michigan or you know, does Ivy Tech have any developmental people? You know, do they have an alumni program? Um, no. Yeah, it, it's it's not that um, it's not as structured as it, it probably as it needs to be, uh, but yeah, we do have fundraising people and uh, uh, and you know and a foundation uh, and the foundation actually does some really really good things for students, um, and they're then they're always saying, hey, you know, do you have a project? Do you have something you want you want to do for students? Uh, you know, uh, every semester I get a solicitation from the foundation. And uh, you know we've set aside scholarships for people to join join honor societies and things like that through the foundation. So yeah, there's there's some good structure in those schools, but uh, boy, I, I am I'm kind of actually feeling like it, at my place that that we don't have enough overhead. And 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 what I mean by that is uh, we we probably need to sink more money into stuff that isn't direct revenue producing. Um, just to improve student outcomes, improve student success, and uh, you know, more uh, a larger advising staff, for example, uh, I think would be uh, would be valuable. Um, and and I, I'm even thinking some uh, some more uh, engagement with the uh, with the business community, uh, because as it, myself as faculty, I do a lot of that. But it is you know, when I have a class load, it's really really hard to uh, to make the time for it consistently what would you so, guess? you know I think there are some overhead things that I would do but we you know it, you know come visit our campus and uh, in fact when when you come out for a, a ball game this year I'll take you over there if you guys want to check it out um, it, you know it is not it, it is not high frills it, it's it's you know it's nice it's comfortable um, but it's it's uh, you know we don't have a climbing wall <laughs> yeah. well, what do you guys what would you guess? And, and Notre Dame's pretty frugal about this stuff. What would you guess the uh, the ratio of uh, indirect to direct at Notre Dame is now versus when we were there? What do you mean indirect to direct? Direct expenses? means teachers. No, teachers versus other people. Oh, um, don't I? I don't even have a guess. Well, probably it's about. I would bet it's about ten to one uh, support staff to teachers. Well, uh, University of California is ten to one, which is outrageous, I think. But I, don't, I bet it. I'm gonna. Well, I'm not gonna. In our, we, I was gonna say when we were there, we had the maids. We can't. We can't include them, right? Uh, but I mean, the, the the people. Scott Malpass. I think the Irish. They got rid of that guy for some reason. He was head of developmental group, right? In the in the money management. Is he gone? I didn't think I, so. I think he's gone. I. You know, I'm not positive on that. But anyway, he, he was the highest paid person at the place, more than the football coach. I mean, how many? What do you think the salaries are in the entire developmental office? Like, like uh, Mike was saying. I mean, what do you? I, mean, I don't think the developmental office when we were there probably had five people. What do you think it has now? Fifty? Yeah, I mean, they probably do have quite a few. But well, and you know, the laundry. I don't know whether there's still the laundry. I don't think there, there is. Yeah, there is. I mean, you're you're, you're the talking about the hall. You know, you're talking a about a lot that goes into it. I mean, that's a major city. Right, but I mean, I I was not. I was I was t- talking about the up guys, not the not the down guys. I mean, how many how many people in the administration do you have now? How many? I mean, I, I think I think it just explodes. I'll bet there were there was one. If you don't count the maids and dining hall people, I bet 
the other people versus professors when we were there wasn't even one to one. And I'll bet it's three to one now. I would say it's much higher than that, Tom. Really? Because yeah, in California, I, mean, I thought it, a ten to one was outrageous. But how do you do that? For God's sake, ten, ten to one. I mean, our grammar school we had. Well, that's a Catholic school. We had. What do we have? We had four classes in every grade, so that's 32. Two kindergartens is 34. We had two janitors, a music guy, and uh, a principal and an assistant. So we had five indirect to 34 direct. I mean, you're never going to get that again, but, but wow. Now it's... Yeah. Well, it, you know, also... It, it, you know, it's sort, it's sort, some of it is, is is understanding the structures in general. So, by the way, I did look up Malpass. He is the uh, former chief investment officer at the University of Notre Dame. He is actually the uh, um, the um, uh, CEO, I believe, of uh, Catholic Investment Services. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he landed something. Wow. Yeah, there was some <laughs> issue with him leaving. I don't know what it was. Wasn't. Okay. Well, at any rate, um, you know, we digress. Yeah, look, you got you got the business office, you got the bursar's office, you got all these things with names that nobody knows what they do, so that we confuse our students with this. Um, you you know, you have advising, you have student life. Uh, you know, none of these none of these are teaching functions per se, but they are part of you know part of what they do. Well, you were saying how bloated um, the athletic department is. What do you suppose it isn't like? Oh, Alabama and, or you know, go go find any athletic department. Go to any athletic department website. There's a whole about us. There's all the contacts, all of that kind of stuff. It's it's crazy, and uh, and and some are way worse than others. And uh, occasionally they'll uh, publish an org chart, and they're so damn convoluted you wouldn't believe it. Um, but the yeah the number of people who are carrying the title of associate athletic director or assistant athletic director or something it's it's like a bank where everybody's an, an assistant vice president a vice president an executive vice president a senior vice president a senior executive vice president you know yeah. it's, it's it's crazy vice president um, of auto loans dash chevys yeah um, yeah something <laughs> like that. Uh, so uh, you know it, and and all that really is is they're, they're they're just managing pay grades. But you know if if you know just just pull up anybody's athletics directory, they are there are tons of people. And you know you, you've got for instance in the uh, uh, communications office, you have people who are design who are dedicated. You know they'll do multiple sports. Let me pull one up while I'm talking. Um, but they they'll uh, they'll they'll have multiple sports, but. They are, you know, how many, how much time do you think is spent on, um, uh, uh, on the, uh, where's that directory? Um, well, while you're finding that, let me ask Mike a quick question. Mike, you have a chance to listen to Lou yesterday? Uh, no, Tom, I don't think I did. I think I was, uh, I was. Right, whatever. But I, I, so I wanted to, he was talking about, uh, next week, maybe I'll get your, your read, maybe Monday or something. You're talking about the difference in warfare with all the drones and the artillery and not having air superiority. He was talking about the Ukrainian thing. It was fascinating. I just wanted to get your take on it uh, and how the cluster bombs have helped them and all this. I mean, it was, something really, it was really interesting stuff. I mean, it, 
and uh, we'll have to, you know, we have to get your opinion on it one of these days. Kevin, what's your your last read? Then we got to head off to Carl. My okay. Fa- well, there there is something called there's a department in at Notre Dame called Business Innovation and Revenue Generation that has five people, including a senior associate AD and a senior assistant director, um, and uh, then there's the business office, of course, because they have to have ticket office and all of that, and they have a whole business strategy team, and then each arena has its own staff, which you would expect, I suppose and equipment um, but I, I want to go down to sports information because this is the one that always tickles me um, uh, our sports medicine there's a whole sports medicine staff and sports performance staff and strategic fan and premium experiences thing with a senior associate athletics director and assistant athletic director one two two of those uh, and an associate director and an assistant director there so these are people carrying uh, uh, pretty swanky titles and um, it, you, you'll have people who are in charge of sports information for the cross-country team and maybe you know maybe another sport too uh, yeah because people are beating down the door for those interviews yeah uh, you know it's it, it it's just crazy how much stuff there is that goes into this well mike i'm going to um, say that if, if, if the three of us go to work there whatever whatever spot we land it has to say strategic <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, yeah but if it's not true, why do we why would we waste our time? Even if we don't do anything, we're strategizing. We're always thinking about it. Just so. yeah. Well, somebody's <laughs> got to. Anyway, hey, Greg, you, find some find some bumper music for uh, Elvis Costello's birthday. Oh, S and P futures up eleven. Mike, talk to you next week, maybe as early as Monday if you want. Going to go over some okay, of the stuff Tom, Lou was talking whatever. about. S P futures up on eleven. Nasdaq futures up nineteen or twenty. Come back. We're going to talk about all these markets with Carl and what's going on. Be right back. Stocks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. It's Nye. I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Well, I won't pick the stocks and jocks. Was it? That was bumper music for Carl. Maybe. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> <laughs> Carl, how are you? 
Well, you know, I'm uh, sitting outside the heat dome. Oh, you guys are, yeah. you guys are, we, uh, we are 70 something this morning. It's a major relief. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on vacation this week, so you're getting me from a hotel room. Uh, but uh, this is, yeah, the last, the last few days. Uh, how'd you like that outside reversal? Uh, you mean yesterday? Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was t- talking about earlier in the show before we get on to. <laughs> I, I, I know, I heard is, you. Is this the? I, is this it? Is this the? Is this going to be the, uh, the the blow off top? Well, so <laughs> I'll uh, I'll say what I some of the things that I said, uh, but in a much more concise format at the AI conference that I was asked to speak at, be part of a panel discussion, a keynote panel, in fact, which is kind of an interesting. Cool. No, they did keynote panels. Uh, I guess the academics have changed their thing. It usually, usually it's keynote speech, right? Right. So you know, no, it's keynote panel. There were you know, six of us up on a on a stage, and uh, you know, we all had microphones, and we all took turns you know, answering questions. Um, the big problem with AI isn't that it isn't whether it works or whatever. There, and there's a lot of challenges that I pointed out. One of them being a, the copyright office, patent office. Uh, ETO has already ruled that you must have human invention in order for it to be patentable or copyrightable. In other words, a human must have done it. Uh, that is kind of the, that's actually, that's in the Constitution and is not, um, you know, not really something that can be changed with legislation. You'd have to pass an amendment in order to do that. So, that ruling has already come down, and what that means is that all the stuff that gets spit out of these robots has no intellectual property protection of any kind, period. And there's no way to fix that. All right, now, I have to do this with you every now and then. Does anybody in the world know that but you? Anybody that has actually paid attention to the rulings out of the Patent and Trademark Office? Yeah. Okay, no, I'm not, I'm not, you know I'm not giving you grief, but I'm saying there's, there's a lot of stuff that you and I agree on that's law that should be done that way, like antitrust, and yet we're, the, we're like the only two guys that ever talk about it. Oh, no, well, this is, I mean, the thing that's, that I find astounding about this is that uh, this is not front and center. Of course, in the investment community, nobody wants to talk about that because it means that the product of all this stuff is absolutely unprotectable. If you if you have a an AI that, for example, produces the drawings, the engineering drawings for a building, okay, uh, anybody can steal those. And there's nothing you can do about it. Really? Okay. All right. So this is it, it, well, the, I think that's the way it is. Uh, there was a the, the seminal case was an attempt uh, to to copyright a. Uh, artwork that was, in essence, produced by an AI. Okay, I mean there was there was some human input, but it would, you know, the, the person told it what to draw, right? But the computer produced it, and uh, and that was ruled non-protectable. And it, again, this is this is a constitutional thing. This is at least in the United States, uh, you're not getting around this. If if you try to sue somebody for stealing the output of your AI, you're going to lose. And that's just the way it is. So that's the first problem, and I pointed that out. The second one is that you have to train these things, and the stuff you use to train them is owned by somebody. If you scrape social media or Google or whatever to get that training material, you have violated copyrights. Those copyrights are real, and it is trivially easy for anyone, such as myself, 
uh, to log into the uh, the copyright office's website and file a registration on their works. It costs about twenty five dollars, which costs nothing. Okay. Once you have the registration back from the copyright office, you can sue for statutory damages. Now you don't have to prove you were harmed, and we're not talking about small amounts of money here either. The statutory damages can be a hundred grand a crack. So um, yeah, that's worth it. <laughs> okay, worth the twenty five dollars, <laughs> and all of a sudden these guys are going to start to run into that kind of a problem. There's already been a few lawsuits filed over this. In fact, uh, I, I brought this up at the conference about three days later there was in the news <laughs> somebody had done exactly that. Uh, big shock. Well, that is, uh, uh, that, I mean, explain to me how this works. Some, I mean, because I'm a total neophyte on this. When, when I was at Pullman, one of the guys, uh, Bob Johnson was program manager. Some guy was having trouble. You know, you know what a trap door is on a real car? Yeah, the, uh, sure. Greg, do you? I'm gonna say no. Uh, it, it, if sometimes, if you have a train that it has, oh some, my mic is not. Oh, so sometimes has a, a platform, and sometimes people get off right on the ground. There's the steps there. Well, the trap door is the thing on the side that if you pull into a platform, you drop the trap door down so you can walk out at platform level. So you can do both on the same car. Well, these guys are having trouble with this trap door. So Bob Johnson says, what are you guys, idiots? Go down to the drawing room. We've been doing this for 100 years. Find a car the same size and pull out a drawing. I mean, what's the matter with you guys? Uh, how is If I'm designing a building and I get to the spot where, you know, there's a there's a 100 feet by 50 feet, wherever number you want to be, and that's going to be the men's bathroom, I thought I would use I could use AI for just telling the thing. Search all our stuff for the last 50 years on skyscrapers, Find me a bathroom that fits this size, and, and and this thing pops out there with me, so I don't have to do it again. That AI will do that search for me and find the right place. How is that? I mean, I how is that not my, still my work? It's the same as if I went and researched it, isn't it? Well, well, as if it was yours, if if the source was yours. okay, if the source was yours, I get it. Okay, I get right. it. There's right. nothing. There's nothing wrong. See, this is this is where the real business application of this kind of stuff is, and and it's real. Okay. There, there's nothing wrong with using this as a card catalog, essentially, into your intellectual property. Right? It's faster. Well, well, guess what? Computers are very good at sorting things and spitting out answers like that, right? I mean, that's that's what they do. Yep. Um, there's there's nothing wrong with that. There's there's absolutely a business application there for that sort of thing, and it, it, it yeah, that makes perfect sense. I'm talking about the generalized AIs that are that. You know, Chat GPT and stuff like this that are all over the place today. So th you've got a basic problem that they're stealing material to train them, because that's not trained on your specific intellectual property that you have rights to. They're sucking up stuff that is that, and and th their argument uh, appears to be, well, it's so diffuse that you couldn't possibly calculate damages because you know we sucked in this many billions of pieces of information. And it produced an answer. Well, you know, your 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 damage from that is you know one 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 millionth of a cent, right? Wrong analysis. The correct analysis is if I can prove that you used my registered work, I can bang you for statutory damages, and it makes no difference how much damage you actually did to me. Okay. And 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 people are going to get banged for this. It's going to happen because there's an awful lot of money in it. The lawyers are going to love those cases because they're slam dunk wins. Well, Carl, since it's been forever, anything like this happened. What what is the difference? 
when you write a you write a newsletter, and I used to write a column, but now I'm doing a short read. I don't do the column, but if 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 I were to just a regular newspaper person, you you pick up the paper. Well, if anybody picks up the paper anymore, but there's going to be a, a column by Carl Denninger, Tom Holland is going to talk about a murder. It's going to talk about this. going to talk about every once in a while. Guys like you and me may actually do some serious research on a project where we may take two weeks off from our regular stuff and write some big article like the guy from the Washington Post about the horseshoe right. despair. Now that that will say copyright on it. Now how how right. is one different than the other, and how do you get it? To, do you just put the word copyright there, or do you have to copyright it, or how does that work? Oh, oh no, it's it, you were. If, <laughs> you know, I was walking around uh, doing some stuff. I, I took a photograph. Okay, I have my I have my camera with me up here, my nice one. By the way, you are in Jackson Hole, I assume. Uh, no, I'm not no. in Jackson. I thought you were. Jeez, you know. No, sorry. Uh, way up north. All right. Uh, but yeah, I take I take my camera out and I snap a picture. Okay. Well, you take your cell phone out and you snap a picture. You have a copyright at the instant of creation of that thing. You don't have to register it. It's yours. If somebody steals it and you are economically harmed as a result of that, you can sue them for the economic harm. All right? And if it's willful, you can get them on you can you theoretically at least you can get you can get triple damages if it's willful infringement. And if it's done for profit, it's pretty willful. But it's all but it's but all on you. You have to do the suing. Well, yeah, you have to do yeah. the suing, and yeah. the thing is, is you it, it, in an unregistered environment where you haven't registered the work, you have to prove the economic damage. Okay, so this is, and there are exceptions in the copyright law. For example, I can take a paragraph out of somebody's column and offer commentary on it, and in that, the person that wrote the column could sue me, but they'll lose because there's a fair, a fair use defense to this in that I am, I'm not stealing their work, I'm offering commentary on it. I'm creating my own work, and I'm saying, you're an idiot, and here's why. <laughs> okay. But then, you have to have a, and, then you're supposed to have a footnote, and, I, and you're supposed to say the source. Well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, and what I do is I link to it, and, you know, it's a, you know, Reuters said, okay, well, you know, fine. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Now, if I take Reuters' work and republish it as my own, I can get banged for that, and I should be able to. Okay, so, I get it. So there's there's all of those interlocking components, but then there is another piece of this, which is that these generalized models, which are sucking up all this information, breaking the law by doing it, basically banking on the idea that the damage is so diffuse that nobody's going to come after them, and, and that's a wrong analysis because some of this stuff's registered. The people with registrations are going to come are going to come after them. It will. And already is starting to. Um, I mean, you know, if you suck up a book, for example, a book has a registered copyright. Okay, when it, when Leverage was published by Wiley, Wiley registered a copyright on that work. Okay. If an AI sucks up that work as part of its training base and you can prove that they did it, Wiley could go after them for statutory damages. If you had original research in there, right? I, uh, Which I'm sure you did, obviously. You know. Well, I did, but yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is that I mean, as because they published that work, even though I'm the author, they they have the assignment on the copyright. Okay? How, so how, be the ones. That, I guess my question is, how far has the world gone by your or my not only common sense but right and wrong? I mean, Maddie Weber tells me all the time that whenever I, I oh, oh, chief, to a, to a huge degree, okay. Yeah, I mean, I because he but, tells but, me but, when I when I when I. Quote a, an article. I always try and say who wrote the article and, and try and 
give them yeah, the nobody name. Else, and nobody does that That's anymore. what you said, Chief. You're the only guy who does that now. Right. Right. But that doesn't, well, that doesn't make it wrong. Well, that's right. But, there, but here's the other aspect of this. Okay, All of these large language models consume an enormous amount of money. Computers are not free. The one that you have on your desktop may seem to be free, but the amount of computing resource necessary to run these things is huge. Really? Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, I mean, you're talking entire data centers required in order to do this. NVIDIA's data center uh, revenue was, what, $10 billion this quarter? Really? Yeah, it's, you're talking about a lot of cash. And they're saying okay. it's going to go up. Well, yeah, now here's the thing. Who's going to pay? Because right now nobody's paying for this stuff. Okay, where's the revenue on the other side of the sheet? I I fully expect in the next year or so, the bankruptcies that are going to come out of this so-called technology wonder of the world is going to make tulip mania look like a cakewalk. Well. And it's not because this stuff isn't useful. It's because no one's going to post up the cash to pay for this stuff. They're just not going to. The average person isn't going to do it. All right? I'm not going to buy a chat GPT subscription for any amount of money for the, the once-in-a-while thing that I... No, not a snowball's chance in Hades that's going to happen. And well, what, is, and what is a subscription to chat GPT get you? <laughs> I did. What, is, what does it get you? Well, it gets you access to use it. Okay. okay. Has it been but worth a while, is, right? It's just interesting. You know, you mess well, but see that. It. But see, that's the problem is it's interesting, okay? But what it produces for you is not your intellectual property. You can't protect it. And yet it costs a ridiculous amount of money to operate. So where's the business model that says that, you know, we've got this great new product, and you know, and, and we're going to make billions of dollars. Well, who's going to pay you billions of dollars for something that has no no intellectual property protection? Yeah, but it would be an issue. What? Well, yeah, I, I think I think there's a big you know. Listen, we there's a lot of things that we can do technologically, but they make no business sense. And I think this is you know, this falls into the category. There's there's going to be a real problem here in another year or two, and, and all of this nonsense over the last couple of years has been driven by the insane cheap money policies that you know, have been going on for the last 20 years. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're not any, a doubt. Anybody will finance anything. They don't care whether or not it has, you know, it has a solid business. That has, that has to be stopping, though, some, Carl. Cause when you well, get it, it, it started. That's the thing is that, that those days are over. But it's just like, you know, it's just like anything else. Wiley Coyote has run off the cliff, but he hasn't realized that he's done it yet. I right? think some. And, I think some people are starting to. Well, until he looks down, he doesn't. You know, gravity doesn't exist, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you, know, you you always talk, uh, or we've talked together. You sometimes lead the conversation about how how difficult it is when in this, when uh, money's at stake. Was it you or Lou that came up with the? What did Lennon say? The capitalists will always sell you the rope of which you're going to hang him. This morning, yeah. this morning, there's a big uh, article here by Evelyn. I'll do it myself. Evelyn Cheng about how. NVIDIA is now sniveling to cutting back on these uh, exports to China is going to ruin their automotive business because these guys, they, they, they don't care what China's going to use them for. They just want to sell them. And, and I, well, yeah. I can't imagine, you know, as much as I, I'm not real fans of our last two, maybe three, four, five presidents, uh, 
I would want that job. I can't even imagine the pressure in that room coming from somebody saying, hey, these guys are stealing all my stuff, being the Chinese. Next guy comes in and says, if you don't let me sell over there, you're killing me. I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine the cross, the cross currents of policy that go on through the Oval Office on, on subjects like this. Can you? Oh, uh, no. And, I mean, <laughs> but this is, this is part of the problem with the so-called free traders is that um, it, when you really get down to it, it's all arbitrage. I'll tell you something, something I noted here. Um, and I'd seen cross currents, but when you're traveling by, you know, usually when I'm on vacation, I got my kid with me or, you know, got somebody else with me. I, this time I was just like, you know what, I'm disconnecting, I'm unplugging from pretty much everybody. You can all go blank yourself for the next week. I'm disappearing just to you know, let the pressure come off. Okay. So I've discovered that all these places are running on H2Bs. One of them was stupid enough to leave the Department of Labor poster set that you have to have up on, you know, if you run a company, you have to have this set of posters up on the wall somewhere, right, that all, all your employees can see. You, know, you you have the right to these wages and working conditions, and blah, 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 blah. We had, we had it in our break room. Every business has it somewhere. Well, these guys had it where I could see it. And in addition to the usual ones that were up there, it was one on H2Bs, and the wheel starts turning in my head. Um, so here's the scheme. I can't get anybody in America to work at the front desk of my hotel. I need to bring in people from Romania. Okay. So you do on non-immigrant visas. They're, you know, for, for seasonal help, right? Um, now, the supposed rule is just like with the H-1Bs, you're supposed to be paying prevailing wages. Well, if you did that, then the Americans would take the jobs, and there's no, you know, how's it... The reason you can't get Americans to take the jobs is there's nowhere for them to sleep. And therefore, they won't take the jobs because they have no way to make any actual money. Right. Because it costs more for them to live in this this tourist mecca than they make. Well, it's okay? like it's like and, going to the oil fields, making 100 bucks an hour, paying $1,000 a night to stay in a Winnebago. Well, like, like I said, it's, yeah. a, you know, it's negative ROI, right? Okay. So how do they solve this problem? Well, they take one of these old, dilapidated hotels and they hot rack everybody in there. That's a that's a Romanian, and so you got eight people in a in a, you know, a hotel room with you know with quad racked beds, and they're hot racking in there. And and by the way, that is better living conditions than they had over in Romania, so they don't mind it so much. And guess guess what? How the cartel operates? Guess who owns the hotel? The same guy that paid you. So he recaptures oh, yeah. a huge percentage of the money that he paid you in wages. So he's supposedly paying you fifteen dollars an hour. He's really not. And and you know when you get done at the end of the week, what was it? What was the song? Sixteen ton. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. I almost sold it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but here's the. I mean, you know, but these guys that come over here at the end of the week, they probably got twenty five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. that's, that's people. And, and are, you people know what? change. And you know what? It's absolutely true that no American would work under those conditions. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. but it's, that's it's, the truth. It's, uh... but, 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 Chief, you're not supposed to be able to do this, okay? The cartel behavior is supposed to be a felony. You're supposed to do 10 years in prison for that. And, and locking up supply like this, I mean, that's a wild-eyed violation of 15 United States Code. But you know, it, ha it happens not but, just with them, though, Carl. It happens with 
I know it's everywhere. Yeah. But the uh, the country clubs, the ones that were the, the more hoity-toity they became, always had. I'm talking, you know, 40 years ago. I don't know what the hope they still own. They always had a, a bunch of guys that weren't even on any kind of visas that worked all, all the and they had a you know had a spot in the back where there was like a house who God knows how many guys lived there. Remember? When it was, yeah. this, this is that. I mean, it happens even in um, one summer. T- talk about how you how you learn stuff. I used to love to ski like you and uh, and we used to go two three times a year out the steamboat or someplace. So everybody always said, "Okay, come on out in the summer." Colorado's even nicer in the summer. Blah blah blah. So one summer, two of my buddies, the OEX Pit and I, we head out there and we went fishing and played handball and went to different. We went to steamboat for a few days. We went to Breckenridge for a few days. So we, we went around and one night in Breckenridge, you see all these people, you know, these kind of weird old people wandering around. And I end up talking to this lady who's in, uh, uh, whatever, social services. And I said, do you come to Colorado a lot? And I go, I go, yeah, I come for skiing and stuff. And she goes, no, you're seeing a different picture, right? Because every night one of the bars had like a dollar fifty pic- pictures, and everybody would be in that bar. And next night somebody else did. I mean, it didn't right. take long <laughs> to figure it out. So she goes, the summertime, I'm working my basically my ass off. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, well, in the wintertime, everybody's in these little, little campers and all this stuff. And there's three or four people in there, but they're working the slopes during the day. They're working at a bar at night. They're making a bunch of money, and everybody's happy. So you now come summer, there's nobody's making anything. And he goes, right. the, the incidence of drugs, the alcoholism, wife beatings, you name it, I deal with all day long. <laughs> that's why he goes. That's why I need this drink. She goes, it's 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 endemic in the summertime when there's because it's not like everybody saves all their money from the winter, right? Oh no no no, and they that, blow it all. Yeah, they blow it all. So now in the summertime. This little area, it's now hot in this place, and there's five of us. And, oh, by the way, my wife's giving me crap, so I smack her. I mean, she goes, it's, it's brutal. It's really bad. So, I mean, all these things you're talking about, uh, yeah. And I, by the way, I, we, we have to, well, we got a few minutes before break, but I wanted you to give me some kind of a breakdown of where everybody, before you even get on CNBC or Fox, you have to say the economy's doing spectacular and the consumer's strong as hell. And I, I, I don't know what the hell they're looking at, but... I just want to get your take on that. And how is anybody going to realize if all of a sudden maybe it's not so hot? Because I, I just see the, the Knicks all the time. Last week, I get my, my gas bill. And it, nothing pisses me off more than a gas bill. Uh, I, you know, People know I beat up on this, but our building has four different meters, right? And by the way, the, yeah. thing, the thing splits off into the house next door. So there's this... Oh, nice. Yeah, so this, the, the, uh, the line is, I'm sure, way older than me. And now there's five. And no, no. Well, downstairs we still use for house. So one of the one of the apartments, we actually used gas. <laughs> the other two or three. One guy's out of town. I didn't cook this month. And the girl downstairs I'm doing. So uh, I'm going to say we had. I paid two of the bills. It went from fifty three dollars to fifty nine dollars for nothing. That's 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 just your cost of being. So with this one line, they've got five people paying sixty bucks a month just for the line. How does it, it, anybody thinks this inflation is? It's just working its way through the system with the utilities. Well, and stuff. I, I'll tell you what, Chief. I'm, I'm, you know, aren't I'm, dryers I'm, gas? Aren't what? Uh, dryers? Some, some close dryers. Yeah, some are. Yeah, some, some are. That's all downstairs, and that's on one of the bills. Right. So, where I am right now, there is absolutely nobody here. Really? And well, you're there. Um, well, yeah, but uh, normally... I hope the bars are open. They are, but normally for this kind of a trip, I would drag my, my camper up here with the truck. Well, 
uh, when you're gonna, you're willing to sell me a decent hotel room for seventy bucks a night. I'm taking the car that gets thirty five miles a gallon instead yeah. of the truck that gets nine. Okay, and um, <laughs> yeah. So how how is it that uh, that that's happening when you know this same room ought to be you know two hundred dollars? Well, well, because there's nobody here is the answer. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this though. I mean, in terms the uh, I'll use a term by Ronald Coase, economic externality. If you've been listening to Chicago news all week, it's been hot here. Okay, it's, it's hot. Right. It's hot in August. But now, the Chicago Public Schools, the union, or whoever's genius it is, this is the you know we got two weeks to go in August, counting this week. Why, why and why is everybody back in school? I mean, why, if you go to school in July, it's going to be hot too. For God's sake, why, why do people not go after? The, I think the reason why where you are, there's nobody there. Is all these kids? They all went back to college last weekend and they're all in grammar school. Well, so yeah, you know what? To to a large degree, that's true. Well, except uh, around here, no. Um, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't we didn't start till right after Labor Day. Yeah, we, that's what we that's what we started. And we got out of Memorial Day. Basically, Memorial yeah. Day was the end of was yeah. you know, usually one week. You know, your finals were were the week after Memorial Day, right? And that was it. Um, yeah, I know. And this is uh, you know this is kind of interesting because when I lived in Florida. Um, the second week of August, they were back in school, and I'm like, um, it, "It's it's hot as balls out here right now, guys." Uh, yeah. have, have you you know you realize it is August? Okay, it tends to be hot in August. Gee, big shock, right? It's called summer. I was only and in one other, public school that had an air conditioning, and our grammar school never had air conditioning. Our high school didn't have air conditioning. Well, the thing, the other thing that really surprises me is you know, there's all these people talking about this is you know this is hot summer ever. I don't know, like you know. No, it's not. Uh, it wasn't that long ago when my parents were still alive that we would, you know, we took my daughter and I would take vacation because, you know, in the summer she's not in school, right? We drove <laughs> one year. We were driving up towards Michigan to go see them. I had to get gas in the middle of Kentucky. I got out and my shoes literally stuck to the blacktop. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not kidding you. I mean, they literally. I mean, that was uh, I, that sort of heat in the interior of the country. It's not only not unusual; it happens all the time, and and it's this thing called summer. And, uh, you know, well, we the we've been rock. breaking a couple. We broke a record last day, maybe the day before. The, the records were breaking in 1947. So of course, me, well, being, me, 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 I dug up heat wave of 1947. Well, evidently, June and July were relatively cool. August, and then all of a sudden, August. Well, right. August, the the average temperature in Chicago for the entire month was over 80 degrees. It, yep. it, something like. Three or four days over 105 more under like over like 95. It, that's brutal. I mean, it, that's way worse than this war. It's not even close. Let's go to break here, Kyle. We'll come back and talk more about the market. SP futures up 17. NASDAQ futures up 44. We'll see. We're trying to make a dent in this yesterday, which was about as bad a day as I've seen in a while. I saw some people trying to buy the dips, and they did not have a good day. Uh, back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 
7. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. If you see me coming, better step aside. A lot of men didn't, a lot of men died. One fist of iron, the other of steel. If the right one don't get you, then the left one will. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in depth. St. Peter, don't you call me. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. What, a, what an ap- absolute classic that, that song is. And uh, I'll, I'll say this, Carl. If some guy shoveled coal all day, I'm not so sure you wanted to mess with him. Yeah, that probably wouldn't be a good idea. My uh, one of my uncles, uh, back in Dud Day, he would he was a ice hauler when he was younger. He was a tool and die maker when he was young. He used to haul the blocks of ice up to like the second and third floor all day. Oh uh, yeah. And then on weekends, he would shovel how many tons of coal on a Saturday and on a Sunday for people who were getting a coal shipment. They wanted to do it themselves. The guy looked like Luca Brasi. Would not mess with this dude. It was just one of the, you look at him and you go, what, what happened to that guy? It's like, a lot of guys were like that. The guys, you know, the guys that worked in Pullman, the welders and stuff, those, those, boy, those guys could hit a softball, let's put it that way. I mean, it was a uh, different world, a different kind of world. I mean, you, that's what you did all day. I mean, it's, you, were, you were strong. I mean, uh, you know, what, it, was, it was different. SP Futures up 50, not that people aren't now, but you, people work out and stuff, but it was a, your, your, whole, your whole day was a workout, wasn't it, pretty much? SP Futures yeah. up uh, 15, Nasdaq is up 38. We're trying to bounce back from yesterday. Dow Futures up 145. But this is what we're trying to bounce back from. Uh, uh, yesterday we were, uh, and this is doesn't begin to tell the tale because we started way up. The Dow is uh, down 373. S&Ps were down 60. Nasdaq down 257. And I'm going to say the Nasdaq in the morning was up, what, 300, Carl? So it's a, it was a 550-point turnaround? I, mean, I haven't seen anything That's like it. that in years. I mean, it's been a long, Uh-oh. long time. Uh, I, you know, I think there's real trouble coming, and and it's it's interesting that what you had happen, um, you know, there were so many people that were running around screaming, "Ha ha!" Those of you that shorted Nvidia, you know, going into the earnings release, right? And then, of course, you know what happened as soon as the numbers hit the tape. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, uh, is that Mr. Margin Clerk on the line over there? Uh, but you know, assuming not. Uh, you know, boy, that, that really didn't turn out so bad uh, at the end of the day, did it? Well, I know so, I was talking to people last night that had firms that covered early. 
Well, if, how would you how would you like to have have been right if you just gritted your teeth and bit the stick for a couple hours? Well, it's it's always you know what the. I'm uh, I mean, yeah, because that's I mean that's certainly how it felt if you were on the wrong end of that one at the start. Well, it's it's you know I guess I'll try and give a trading lesson here. I don't do this too often, but if you had a five lot. You can do that. If you got a hundred lot, you probably can't. It's a question yeah, it, of size. Always, oh, absolutely, it's a question of size. But this is—I mean, that's—but that's the thing with leverage, right? Is that it, it bites yeah. both directions. I mean, if you had somebody with a with a million dollar account, and I have all kinds of people like that, and they said the straddle in the in the Nvidia was forty five bucks, and uh, and you know, and they say, "Well, that's kind of high. I want to sell the straddle." And I'll say, "What do you say we sell? Yeah. It? What do you say we sell it twice?" So the thing was up forty-five bucks, right at the right. edge, to the point where you're. If it goes further, you're getting a little wounded. But a two-lot and a million-dollar account, we can sit this one out for an hour. And you know what? It ended up it ended up at what? Five bucks. Yeah, you ended yeah. up you ended up doing really good. Really on that well. One. But now, if yeah. the guy's got a hundred lot out there and and his half his account is at risk, I can't say that's the same right. thing. Well, I can't, right. I can't say let's hang in there. We I, so I got to say I have to say at least let's cover half. Let's get down but to see, a number because now we got promise. But see, Chief, this is this is what that. But that entire mentality, we're going to use the leverage. We're going to get out there. It's going to be good. That is exactly what's driven so much of this movement over the last couple oh, sure. of years, without a doubt. And yep. the thing is, now people are getting carried out on their shields for being over too far. Well, it hasn't happened it, yet, but I mean, no, I, but it, but it will. And you know what? How? But how many people got badly wounded? Only to see it snap around and end up as a trade that would have made the money. Well, well, absolutely. But you, but you do uh, worry about. I mean, I worry about valuation, Carl, and, and I'm not. Well, so do I. And I, I look at that. And yeah. I, I go, "You're crazy." Yeah. But I. But you look at it, and it's not. I, I don't think. First of all, it's Nvidia. It could very well be a special case that they've got something. The guys yesterday were saying they really don't have a. In their opinion, now you probably different. You probably know more about it than they do. But in their opinion, they really don't have a. A serious competitor, and they've got a huge backlog for probably a year, year and a half, and then the the, the business will close in around them like it always does, and they'll have competitors. But they said, but they probably have a, a a head start of a while, at least a year, maybe two, and so should they be an outlier valuation? Yeah, but I I worry about the other stuff. I mean, I actually, you know, I said this yesterday, but it doesn't make it right. As I look at, I went through the Walmart numbers. I was pretty surprised at how well they were doing uh, online, uh, and I, I actually think Walmart, is, for a company that size, is performing pretty damn well. Yet I look at the PE number, and it's twenty-five. Now, right. how stuff is valued, and this and this is what I think people, you know, one thing about listening to guys invest as long as I, I am, a few things you need to listen to me about. And <laughs> a few others, you know, whether it's going up or down, don't listen to me. Because you know, I'm, I'm just one opinion. You know, everybody's got opinions. Whether opinions are like bottoms, everybody's got one and they all stink, something like that. Uh, but, I mean, I look at uh, Walmart and it's trading 25 times earnings. But it's a huge company. I mean, they, they, they can't really double. I mean, uh, if they did, right. they'd better go to Mars or someplace. Um, so if the world decides, not Walmart, not you, not me, if the world decides that ten-year rates are are going to be six percent, and oh by the way, a company like Walmart should be valued at eighteen times earnings or seventeen or twenty, which is not crazy at all. It's probably way more normal if normal is even a word anymore. 
that means the stack is no longer 157, it's 110 or 107. Or it, it, it has nothing to do with what Walmart's doing. It, it has to do with how stuff gets valued. And one of the fascinating things in the, in the business, Carl, you never know what causes that to change, and you never know the days it's going to, or, or if it's going to. I'm just saying 25 long-term for a company that's too big to really grow that much is pretty high. Now, it may stay there till you and I are long gone, but the fact is you, you have to at least look at the numbers and say, well, what if Walmart's P.E. was 20? Would you, you know, get a raging, you know, sexual event to go run out and buy it because 20 is so so low for retail? And the answer is no. Say 20, you know, that might even still be a little high for a retailer, right? So it's a question, wh- when does this change? Or, or does it change? I mean, that's the part that you and I find fascinating about the market, right? You never can figure it out exactly. Right. Uh, well, I think it does change, and it's going to change. And one of the things, and I think it's starting to change, um, but you know, this is Dick's we PE had, ratio is ten. Yeah, Dick's is ten. Like that one, right? Well, we've had, but here's here's the thing that you have to kind of think about here. We've had twenty years, roughly, of every single time there is a hiccup anywhere, the Fed comes in and throws a pile of credit on the pot, you know, into the fire. Right, without a doubt. Every time, by uh, any time that that. that the flames start to die down a little bit. Looks like maybe it's going to be embers and not open fire anymore. You know, it's uh, the campfire is running out of wood. Oh no 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 no! Here comes the spigot. Right, we're gonna we're gonna take a you know ten gallons of gas and throw it in there. Just to make sure it doesn't go out. And that has been going on now for so long that everybody in the market is uh, that's that's the habituation. All right, it's I mean, been it's, 2000, you know, it's, 2000. Then went on steroids in 2008, but it's really been since 2000. I'm just saying it's Pavlov's yeah. dog, though, okay? I mean, you know, there's a certain point at which, how many times when you when you hear the grill sizzle, well, there's probably going to be a steak on it, right? And that's been, and it's it's a habituation thing that's gone on for so long, and it's, you know, it's 20 years. That's, I mean, yeah. crying out loud. I mean, that's, that's reality, all right? And so how long before that, you know, before that fever breaks, and the answer is you're going to have to get kicked in the nuts a few times, and people are going to have it happen. And and I, I am firmly in the camp that believes that Powell understands that if this trend is not reversed, if this is not stopped, not just you know we're just going to tone it down a little bit, but it isn't reversed, that we are going to have a catastrophic failure in government funding within the at the federal level. And what happened over the last three years? And both the Democrats and Republicans are equally responsible. Trump was in office, 50% increase in the size of the federal government. By the instantly. way, did you uh, watch a debate the other night? Uh, only clips. I listened, I listened to the softball fest that Tucker Carlson served up on Trump. And well, if you, and listen, well, if you I, listen to the debate, and of course, every, well, I read about two or three just to see what people think of something that I listen to. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, is... I don't th- is is the Republican Party, which is now even in some of the colleges, it's become the the guy party, and the and the other party is for you know girly men and uh, and and women, the Democrats, right? That's what a lot of college kids even think these days. Uh, they didn't even mention, other than once or twice, uh, Nikki Haley, and I thought for without a question, she was the smartest person on the stage, and she was one of said she was one of she she said you know hey. You can you can bitch about Biden basically all you want, 
but he he's no more at fault for this than we were. Well, we're more at fault because yeah. we didn't. Yeah, and, and that, and that, 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 that he that, played yeah, well, that, he played long. Yeah, right. that, no, that went over like a stink bomb in church. But you know, oh yeah, it did. Um, but I mean, but she, I thought she was. I had not never listened to her before. I thought she was by far the most impressive. But I don't think the Republicans are ready for a woman uh, candidate. Well, I, uh, you know, I don't know that. I don't know that 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 whole so-called divide means what people think it does. I think the bottom, the, the biggest problem you have is that, from a standpoint of the Republican Party, is that there is still this concept within the Republican Party and to a large degree within the Democrats as well, which is which is not a good situation because that means there's no balance. That we have the right to dictate to other countries what an acceptable form of government is and if we don't like what they're doing we can step on them yeah well and well i look the cia has overthrown 50 some governments in the last 50 years all right uh, we are the reason there is a mess in ukraine right now because of what we did it made it we are responsible for that it took it took 8 years to boil over into an open war but by god it did and we we did that. We are entirely one hundred percent responsible for the chain of events that led to what we're dealing with right now. I don't know about and, responsible, but I would. No, we are. We are. We went over there and we intentionally fomented that overthrow of the existing government within Ukraine. We did it openly. It wasn't. It wasn't a secret. It wasn't done by the CIA. John McCain went over there and gave a speech. Well, I, 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 I don't know. You and I have had this. I think if you go back on the Iraq War the same way, somehow, someplace we had a didn't we have a lady? Uh, doesn't matter if it's a lady or not. A lady in Newland. Newland is is responsible for a huge part of this, and she's been a part of this mess for forever. Well, I'm saying, didn't they? The word story. The story was the backstory was uh, the people from Kuwait were were stealing oil from the guys from right. Iraq, and. Uh, Essentially, we gave we somebody told uh, Saddam that if he if he did something militarily to stop that, we wouldn't have a problem with it or something along those lines. And I don't know whether that's true or not, but that because that's he, the ru- that's the rumor. That's and the then rumor. He went and, then he went and did it, and we we came in there and kicked his butt. But the idea of it, you know, it, it's like are, are we our actions. A lot to blame for sticking it to, to Putin about Ukraine and overthrowing the guy who was in it who was a total putz, by the way. But he had, he had a nice compound, though, didn't he? He had one hell of a uh, pallet. Uh, well, I, you know, I, gold <laughs> toilets, from what I understand. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> would, would you even... This, God, this is so gross. If you, saw, if you saw somebody with a gold toilet, I'd have to go to another can. I'm not so sure I could even do the job in there. Uh, I have a problem uh, with that. You know, there's all sorts of... Uh, but the, the, it, Ukraine has been a corrupt cesspool forever. No, but I don't, I'm just saying, I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to go find one of the servants' toilets or something. I don't, I don't yeah, you, yeah, I don't know about that one. But, I, yeah, that would be a little interesting. You know, you go in there and drop <laughs> top and, hey, wait a minute. This is gold. What am I, what am I, gonna do? I, what am I doing here? <laughs> right, exactly. But, I mean, I, yeah, I, but that, it's still, I've had, had the same, uh, same argument with Lou uh, discussion. Uh, it We may have been at at fault in, in saying that to Saddam if it happened, we still didn't send people someplace to start killing people and raping people. I mean, oh no, I, 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 and light oil wells on fire for fun and games. Yeah, too. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, yeah. We 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 didn't realize that the, the knuckleheads we were dealing with are, can be that bad. That's that's what I. Uh, the guy who was. Uh, oh, I, oh, I'm not. Uh, look, chief. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to excuse. You know, all the craziness over there. Okay. Yeah. By by either side. All right. But do remember that when Zelensky came in, his his campaign speech, his position, was that he was going to make peace with the Russians and solve the problems that they had with the corruption within the country. Right. And within 15 minutes of him taking office, he started shelling the Russian enclaves over towards the eastern part of the country in his own nation. Yeah, I mean, it's... So, I mean, you know, these guys are all liars, and they are, by the way, they are in our government, too. Hello, good morning. All right, so, but I did not see anyone... The only person who tried to take a shot at this was Vivek during the debate. He was booed and attacked by everybody else on the stage. problem with Vivek is he's more of a snake than the entire rest of the cadre that are up there. Which which one's he? He wasn't the governor. The Indian guy. Oh, yeah. All right. This guy, you know, the the persona is self-made billionaire. Okay, do you realize that during the pandemic, he attempted to put a country, a company together to forcibly get all of the health records for everybody in the world and keep them without your consent, including in the United States? Uh, he seems like a 38-year-old year old guy that's pretty smart and thinks he knows everything. He's very in love with himself. Uh-huh, and, and it blew up in his face, thank God. But, you know, this is what he was trying to do. There are people that are attacking him because he has he has some connections to Soros and his stuff, and I don't know how true that is. Well, Carl, what I do know is that are you starting starting us down this road? Let's go there. Uh, When you see somebody like him, and uh, the only attraction there to me is the same attraction that people I understand or try to understand the attraction people have for Trump. He's, He's throwing grenades at everything that we think is out of line. Now yep. we we have we don't even really care whether he has the ability or the intelligence to fix him. We just know he's throwing grenades in the general direction of the people we don't like. Which is what the reason why people like Trump is he hates the same people we hate, right? right. Been, and, but I I find that's why when I talk about Chicago and the crime and the inability to stop it, I obviously I I worry. I have family and friends to drive all around the city. I have one friend uh, whose wife got killed in the Ryan. One night coming back with Sox game, she got between two people shooting. It's not like it, but in so far or another, we're we're bending over and say thank you, sir. May I have another? And we're uh-huh. letting. But I also know that if you look at history, someday somewhere it's going to get out of control to the point where people are going to find a guy with a little mustache and who says I can fix this, and they're not going to care what else he or she does as long as they fix it and they're going to put him in power. Like th- this, this guy who's gaining this population popularity, this thirty-eight-year-old, that guy, he he scared the hell out of me up there. What is because he seemed to have no, no concept of history or anything, or, or or fair play, and yet, because he hates the people in Washington, said they were all bought and paid for. He had his stump speech ready. Everybody's cheering the guy. Okay, but that that doesn't make a leader, I don't think. But but if if things get bad enough, those are the guys you get, right? I'm not. I'm not comparing him to. You know know what? Well, and you know what? I'll take the other side. I'll tell you what. You want to know what's most entertaining? 
Uh, it, well, it's entertaining, but you know what? But that's another you know, problem. What you just said, Greg, is a huge other problem. It's not okay, a problem. But, but, but you're you're not you're electing a president, not a, not a not a comic. That's well. Oh, they did uh-huh. that in Ukraine. <laughs> they yeah. did that here. We <laughs> did that here yeah, multiple yeah. times. Well, yeah. Look where it gets us. Well, well all right. So look at so you want it. You want to know what scares the living daylights out of me? You take a look at the mugshot that was posted last night up by the Fulton County guys. If that if if that face if that look on the face isn't you better not lose because if I win you're all dead yeah, and every one of your family is dead all of your anyone politically or genetically connected to you is dead I mean if that's not if that's not what you see in that visage in terms of the emotion being expressed now contemplate that this is exactly the same thing that has gone on within the other side of the aisle with anybody who had anything to do with Trump for the last you know two three years, okay, and in fact all the way back to when he was elected, and he beat Hillary because it was Hillary's turn, and Hillary lost. So oh no 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 we have to we have to erase this guy we have to go out you know you know what the further down the road you go with this, the this further is, it's you, not healthy girl it's not healthy. Well, and somebody eventually is going to turn that I hate you into. Here come the jackboots. That's exactly right. That's exa- and that's what I'm afraid of. I, but I, as, as much as everyone knows, I, as an individual, I despise the man. I have always, long before he was ever in there. I mean, I, I heard stories of not paying these people and screwing this person. I, I, no, I no, no, you know, good feeling for the dude at all. Yet I will say this: this, this idea that you can indict somebody four and five different places or a hundred or whatever they line up to be, to where somebody's legal bill to, to fight their own government is like a hundred million dollars. I I think that is abhorrent. I, I absolutely think that's abhorrent. I mean how, how does anybody do that? How do you how do you Well Ramaswamy wants to pardon Trump day one. Okay, but I I might do that too. But but that's which not, doesn't do which doesn't do anything for the state side of things. Right. Right. They're doing it for the states. But my point is the whoever that is you can't def- it's it's like a person who makes a regular wage can't stay more than three nights in Northwestern, or their whole year is gone. In Northwestern, right, how, I mean, this, how does how does any one of us, if if the federal government comes after us, Bogoyevich, the guy had money, they blew through his money to first trial and tried him again when he had no money. You you can't do that in this country. Well, I mean, I guess you can. Well, I mean, I, yeah, you can. <laughs> but, but I'm saying Trump's legal bills are forty million. Well, I don't care who sector, he is. In the private sector, don't you have to pay for your if you lose, don't you have to pay for opposing counsel? Oh God, no! Even the, 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 almost I, never. Almost go, never. Go talk. To, go talk to every guy who has been sued for divorce. All right, Be, and and his wife was the one who was cheating, and she decides you want to run off with a new man and see whether or not he got his legal bills paid. There's there's no way on earth if, if you were found not guilty for the. Not get, I'm talking about if you if you lose. Don't you have to pay sometimes your But some of this is a criminal trial. Yeah, this is the criminal trial. So now, right, so but against the government, you, the government never has to pay. Right, it never has so to pay. That's, well, right, and that's so, the so issue. You get charged, well, exactly. So you get charged, you you are acquitted, and you're still out the forty million dollars. Right. Right. So but you know what? The yeah, but the, but awards of fees, yes, they do happen in civil trials sometimes. Rarely. 
vast I mean, majority of the time, you eat it even though you want. Cities, don't they have to pay in, like, cop... Well, how much does the city of Chicago paid out in... Well, that, that's different. Those are, those are civil lawsuits against a policeman or somebody acting inappropriately. And even then, the, the, the idea that, uh, well, first of all, whether they're guilty or not, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that they are guilty because... But the, the outlandish, you know, we see this happen all over the place. The, the city's going to have to pay, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, Carl's, Carl's uh, ex, $50 million. Now, the idea there is we're sending a message to the city to never do this again. The fact is, the citizens of the city ponying up to $50 billion, we don't get a chance to throw the mayor out or the police chief or anybody. It's useless. Right, Carl? I mean, as, as, a, yep. as something to where it's, uh, we're, we're sending a message. No, if you send a message, you, 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 don't, you say the mayor and the police chief and everybody else have to go. That would be the message. Not, it, it's, like, it's like finding a, a Bank America for something. They find yeah, fifty. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't, doesn't do anything, anything except coming out of the shareholders. They, they, those guys are never going to. If they say, "Okay, it's fifty million bucks," and by the way, the chairman has to miss four paychecks and the board has to all resign, that would be one thing. But that doesn't happen. What does that ever happen? I mean, look, look at what, if you want to look. I mean, I don't, Carl, you're not in the area anymore, but this whole Commonwealth Edison Mike Madigan thing, Mike Madigan or uh, Commonwealth Edison settled for you know a small amount of money compared for them. That, they, right. that, that of course the board and the, the chief people up top, they didn't mo- lose any dough, it, and it was a consent decree where if they don't get in trouble for what another five years or ten years, or it's it's erased. And oh by the way, part of it is they had to help the, the state go after Madigan. I mean, you could tell me Abraham Lincoln would think that was fair, Carl. I mean, <laughs> really? Well, I mean, you know, don't get me started on Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I just I see the degeneration of this, um, uh, you know, the of the American political environment uh, to the point that we we now have we have blatant abuses within the the corporate realm that have gone on for a very long time. Right? I mean, I, oh, yeah. you know, I trouble I trouble some of this stuff when I was you know when I was running MCS, and uh, you know it was a, a that was in Illinois. Hello, uh, you know some of the monopolists. Then we were able to dodge around it with uh, to a certain degree, but there was a point at which it would have become a really serious problem. If we kept growing. We would have we would have had to take this stuff on, and I don't know that we would have been able to beat it. it probably we would have ended up you know getting our pants kicked. Oh yeah. But uh, you know, but it was it was inextricable at some point that you were going to have to go after this because you were you were stepping on somebody who had these kinds of things. And it's true everywhere, but within the within the political realm. I mean, you look at what's happened with the H one Bs and the H two B visas and the wild abuses. You know, Disney Disney's the poster child for this only because they were in the news so much. But they, I mean, Southern California Edison did, did the same thing. So well, the I, idea you that know, you bring somebody over at a certain pay pay thing, and if somebody else is willing to pay more, you get to keep them. That's indentured servitude, for God's sake. Well, the other thing too, cheap is that you have to understand that the way the law is written. These these hires are supposed to be at a penalty rate to prevent them from doing this kind of thing. Okay, that's the that's the way the laws are written. Is that they are are truly for situations where you need somebody and you can't get that that capability within the United States, and and that is the reason that they're written the way they are. Corporations have dodged this and outright violated the language of the statute. Nobody goes to jail. 
Nobody gets fined out of existence for doing it. The the harm is diffuse because you have you know the the guy who just gets out of college and has a you know has a computer science degree. He can't get hired at, at you know at anything close to the price because these other guys are paying twenty thousand dollars a year. Who's gonna you know, who's gonna do that? Well, who's right? gonna who's gonna work at that price? Well, we got a dash, but it it all kind of comes together, Carl. And it, let's say Pfizer, let's say uh, Pfizer acted inappropriately a hundred times or five times or one time during the whole COVID mess and lied, right. did something. Who exactly, when they have paid, I, I'm sure they've given contributions to damn near every center and rep, probably all over the White House, whoever's in there. I mean, and, uh, now who's going to be the Department of Justice guy that walks up to the Attorney General and say, we got to go after these guys? The guy's going to look at him and say, what are you, from Mars? I don't Chief, know. Pfizer, Pfizer's been fined more than any other corporation. Has it stopped anything? Well, no, because the fines are, are, are so small, they don't do anything. Well, it's all, they're, they're almost, it ever, I'm saying they're it, almost encouraging. But I'm saying billions of dollars of fines. And it, 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 it hasn't stopped the behavior. Well, if, and, if every I mean, time, I mean, I don't think you're a speeder kind of guy. we got a dash here, but if, if every time I see you going 70 and a 40, and a one out of 10 times I pull you over and the fine's 10 bucks. I don't think I'm stopping. I'm going to speed. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to stop you at all. Type of thing. Anyway, we're, right. I'm not asking you where you are because you're up there in your solitude. Have a nice time. Uh, be careful. Uh, don't. Last time you went somewhere, you caused a flood in, in uh, Yellowstone. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, it's uh, the weather's kind of cruddy today, but uh, you know, you know try not to try not to do the same damage wherever you are right now. S and P futures, S and P futures up seventeen. Nasdaq futures up thirty six. Back on Monday, stocks and jacks. Thank you, Greg. Nice job. Report back to me when uh, I don't know when it makes sense. Stocks and jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.